to episode 99 of Running Matters. My name's Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host, Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm uh, a little bit croaky, yep. which is not ideal. No. The, uh, day before Coastal Classic. Yeah. But uh, a couple of pseudo-ephedrines in the morning, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Yep. I'll probably take some too. <laughs> well, maybe we should ask our guest about the efficacy of pseudo-ephedrine before a 30k trail run. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes yeah it's whatever it takes <laughs> all, all little helps uh so our special guest today is ben thompson thanks for giving up your time today benny no worries thanks for having me guys better known as cousin benny from previous episodes i think mm-hmm. uh before we get into it i'd like to thank our partners Renala, goo energy guy me allied health base camp altitude fractal cronulla beer co raid light running matters coaching max adventure Oh, yes. We're going to talk about their races and we've got some promo codes. Well, Coastal Classic's a max adventure race, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is, yep. Um, I want to ask about base camp. How's, how's that going? It's not. Okay. Um, we're officially able to open, but we're going to hold off until the new year. Yep. Just because there's no races around and there's no travel around, there's not as many good reasons for people to use it. So, yeah, probably first week of Jan, we'll kick back off again and get some people up there and we're going to do a bit of a study on some cyclists early in the year to see how they respond to the altitude training. So there's a few things going on, but yeah, it was just a bit of a hassle to open up before Christmas then close down again and mm. start again. Yeah, so usual COVID crap, unfortunately, but yeah, ready to roll. 2022. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Recently I've had a lot of people asking, so I thought I'd follow up with you. Yep, yep. We'll be it's back. We'll okay. Be back. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. So back to Matt's adventure. They're besides Coastal Classic tomorrow, uh, they've got a run, Booty Coastal Run, um, and that's on Saturday, the 5th of Feb. So that's up at Kilcare Beach at Gosford. There's a 14K, a 21K, and they do a 1K kids beach run. So um, looks really, really nice. Just follows the coast yeah. in the National Park, does a big loop, so you end up back where you started. And we've got a promo code, so you get a discount if you want to use that to enter the race. Um, and that promo code is RMPOD22. Beautiful. There you go. And you're going to run? I'm going to run. Are you going to run? 21 Ks, yep. I'll be there. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Booty National Park's amazing, actually. Yeah. It's a great part of the world. Yeah. So, haven't done that one before. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's yeah. nice. You even passed a shipwreck. It's all there. <laughs> I'll have my eyes on the trail, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Rafferty's Coastal Run. So they've moved that to the 6th of July. And if anyone wants to do the Rafferty's Coastal Run, we've got the promo code, which is RMPOD21. So, um, yeah, some people might be interested in doing that in July. Yeah, I'll be interested. Yeah, I'm definitely going there. Mm, unreal. Yep. All right. So, Benny, tell us a bit about yourself, mate, and what you're currently studying. Yeah, so it's a bit of a funny um, career history. I was at, um, I left school and was a carpenter, and I kind of always wanted to do a bit of study. So I did, um, I did medical science to start with, and that was a really cool. Degree is a lot of like anatomy and physiology there, and I ended up getting a job out of that at the Garvin Institute, which is like a research um, facility in Darlinghurst, and that was a really good experience. I worked there for a couple of years, but I wanted to do. I guess something I was a little more passionate about and that kind of led me to nutrition dietetics. Um, so I'm currently studying that now. I've just completed the third year, about to start the 
honours and placement year. So maybe for any of the listeners, uh, I'm still a student, so <laughs> take the advice up. Mate, I find the students know more about it than the people who've been practising for 20 years, though. You're right at the cutting edge of what's happening, and it's all in your head right now. Whereas yeah. when you get out into practice, mate, you lose a whole bunch of crap out of your brain. So yeah. students are the best people to ask these questions. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but that was a good disclaimer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're off the hook. Yeah, and I'll also shout out to the, my, my two honour supervisors, um, or Liz, my honour supervisor, who helped me with some of this stuff. A lot of the... Um, stuff I'm about to talk about, it's work she's been working on for a couple of years. And also Kelly, the course coordinator, she helped us out as well, so. Unreal. What, what were you doing at the Garvin Institute? Not to be uh, mistaken with the Pons Institute. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so I was working in the prostate cancer research group and we were looking at, there was kind of a, a newish scan at the time that, that they'd found a way to like stain the cancer cells with like a radioactive dye um, and it was, more specific than like the traditional scans that they had at the time, which was like a PET scan and a, hmm. a CT scan, I think. So um, we looked at, there's a couple of papers that came out of it. One was looking at management intent. So got the um, clinicians to write down their plan prior to the scan. Hmm. Then the patient had the scan. Then we had a look at if the plan changed after the scan. Hmm. So to see if there was any kind of influence to having the scan. Treatment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was one kind of big... Um, project I've worked on for pretty much a two years, like collecting data for that from a couple of different hospitals. So it's a really, really good experience, yeah. Unreal. And on the tools all the time, you, you've been hammering nails all the way through there? Nah, so that was, I was full-time research there. Okay. Um, I've been doing bits and pieces through um, this degree to kind of, yeah. Some serious skills. Yeah. What do you like, putting a door on? Swing a door? Oh, I'm, there's probably guys that are better than that. <laughs> oh, like no, you swung, swung a door off at base camp. Yeah, no, I did, yeah. I, swung, I did swing that door. If anyone anyone goes through <laughs> that door, check it out. Let me know. <laughs> smooth, smooth entry and exit? Yeah, yeah, I actually had to cut the bottom of it, remember? It was too I long. I do, it was some quality craftsmanship. <laughs> I admire anyone that can hang a door. Yeah. <laughs> it's a life skill. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've got to do uh, a couple of studies for your honours project, and one of them is food labels, um, and you're primarily looking at claims on, on food packaging. So can you tell us a bit about this? Yeah, for sure. So um, you have to do two studies next year, and uh, as you said, they're about claims on food packaging. So like, you probably see them all the time in your supermarket. You pick something up, you see like good source of protein, good source of calcium. So they're claims, right? So on the, on the product, you have a fair bit of info. You've got the nutrition information panel. So that kind of looks a bit like a table. That's got all your info about um, energy, protein, fat, saturated fat, sugar, and sodium. Yep. And that'll give you kind of like content per 100 grams in per serve. Mm-hmm. Um, just to caveat with that, it's always probably important to check what the serve size actually is because sometimes you pick something up and you think, oh, shit, that's not too bad. Yeah, and then you realize, two M&Ms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Size. yeah. <laughs> So then you've also got the ingredients list on there. You've got the product name. You've got used by dates, allergen info, all that kind of stuff. And then you've got the claims. Um, so like having all this stuff on the product's good because obviously you know what's in the product. You can compare like products and you can kind of make an informed choice you know, about what you're going to buy. Um, and I should also mention that all these claims are regulated by Food Standards Australia mm-hmm. or Fazan. So they, they regulate everything. Um, but in terms of claims, so claims are added by the manufacturer. And there's two main types. There's a content claim and there's a health claim. So like the content claim 
refers only to the content of a certain nutrient in a food. So like I was saying before, it might say good source of calcium or good source of protein. Um, so the claims only really about the amount of the nutrient, whereas health claims are a bit different. So they refer to the relationship between a food or ingredient and a health effect. Mm. So a health claim can kind of be split into a general level claim or a high level claim. So a general level claim would be, so say we're using calcium, calcium is necessary for normal teeth and bone. Mm -hmm. And then a high level claim is gonna to refer to a serious disease or biomarker. So that would be a diet high in calcium reduces risk of osteoporosis. Okay. So you can see how they go from just talking about a content, then talking about a health effect, then talking about a serious disease or biomarker. Mm -hmm. So how, how do people make a, a content claim? So yeah, so that's that's kind of where so that people probably don't really see much difference between the claims until you, until you kind of know that. Mm. Um, and to make the claim, you have to meet a certain criteria set out by Fazans. Mm -hmm. So um, to make a content claim, the product only needs to have that a specified amount of that nutrient in the product. So in the case of good source of calcium, the product only needs twenty five percent of the RDI for calcium per serve. Right. Um, besides that, it doesn't really matter what else is in the product. Yep. So with a health claim, the product obviously needs to meet that those same amounts, but it also needs to meet what's called the nutrient profiling scoring system. So what that does, that's like a calculator that factors in all the other components of the food as a whole. So it's gonna, it's gonna calculate the calcium, but it's also gonna factor in energy, fat, sodium, fruit and veg content, protein, and fiber. So it's kind of considering the whole product as a whole. And then on top of that, obviously you need to back the claim with um, scientific evidence that it has that effect. So I guess the take home from all that is content claims don't need to meet that NPSC calculator. Mm -hmm. So health claims are like they've been looked at a lot, close, a lot more closely and scrutinized. Is, do people pay for the, to make these claims? Um, the manufacturers? Yeah. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to double check it. I don't think they do, but don't quote me on that. How, um, I guess, manufacturers get around these things? Like, I see this word goodness put on uh, certain products. Like, I mean, obviously goodness means sweet FA. Yeah, can, yeah. Can, can you, you know? So, yeah. Can, can you put that on a you know, bowl of cereal and, and get away with it these days? So that is actually a good question because there's a, a lot of claims that aren't regulated. Yeah. So those content claims, there's two, there's like I think there's 200 of them that mm. are set out yeah. and you can only pick that claim, like yeah. what it says. You can't just write anything. Then there's the kind of unregulated ones, which is like, yeah, goodness, like natural, <laughs> like they're just... So you can call something natural without any sort of regulation there. Yeah, so they're like, th those kind of claims are just kind of there to give the product a bit of what's called a health halo. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it looks like it appears quite healthy, but yeah. if you don't if you don't look at the nutrition information panel or you don't yeah. consider what's actually in there, then it's... You say what you want. Yeah. Gives, gives you wings? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that misleading? Yeah, I don't think that's scientifically proven, that oh, Red Bull. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something to look at, though. Yeah. Maybe after the honours, I could <laughs> suss that out. Does it actually give you wings? Yeah. Mm. Defamation. Depends who you ask. <laughs> yeah, so what, what about in terms of, um, do you know the levels in terms of protein, fat, carbohydrate, like a good source of protein is such and such yeah. grams? So you can look all this up 
on the Fazan's website if you're interested. Um, but I know for the um, vitamins and minerals, it's generally 25% of the RDI. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just... I don't know off the top of my head what the protein no, no, is, no, no. but yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it's interesting. Yeah. Good always seems like such a stupid measure. Hard to, you know, yeah, like yeah. you don't really know what that means till you actually look it up. No. So... No, that's right. Yeah. Especially when goodness is next to it or natural or gives you wings is just there. That's, it yeah. just all seems like media kind of hype, I guess. Well, that's it. And, like, they're super, super prevalent. So, mm. um, like, you probably noticed that, obviously. So, when you so there's some recent audits, actually, in, um, of supermarkets around the Illawarra in the last two years. And they found that 95% of cereal, yogurt, and muesli bars all carry either content or health claims. Yep. So, I mean, that's pretty much all of them. And then the audits also found that the majority of claims are content claims. So, for cereals, it was 83% of claims were content claims. For yogurts, it was 94%. And for muesli bars, it was 95%. So, content claims are way more common. And like, as I said before, it's a bit of a concern because they don't meet that. MPSC calculator. Yeah, yeah. So, so they've got one one useful sort of item, but the rest of the products, you know, pretty useless for you. Well, that's it. Like, I mean, there was there was one um, study that attempted to apply that MPSC calculator to products with content claims, and it found that a quarter of them um, didn't meet the MPSC. Mm-hmm. And that was actually one of the studies we wanted to kind of look at, like applying that yeah. MPSC calculator to content claims. So yeah, get get these. Generally unhealthy products to stop, uh, yeah, pretending. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them, are, some of them are probably okay. Yeah. Like they've got a claim and it's a healthy product, but yeah, this, this obviously some that aren't. So yeah, yeah. And so, where does the health star rating come into this? Yeah, so the the health star ratings, um, that's voluntary added to the product, so that's not mandatory, and um, that actually uses the NPSC calculator. Mm-hmm. to um to figure out the rating um but just with the health star rating and i didn't realize this till i learned it at uni that it's only to compare similar products so you can use it to compare like a yogurt with a yogurt mm. but you're not you're not meant to compare it with a yogurt and a cereal is that right yeah it's not designed like apples that. and oranges yeah yeah exactly yeah and there's also been a little bit of controversy with it um so with that mpsc calculator it's kind of like a balancing equation, so it kind of factors in good and bad nutrients. But like Nutrigrain, for example, is quite high in sugar, mm. but because it's high in protein and fiber, it gets a four-star rating because mm. of that balance. So that's why it's always good to check the nutrition information panel as well. And I guess Nutrigrain is only you know in the fight with a whole bunch of other breakfast cereals, which are also similarly shitty i suppose so yeah the four star rating comes out of that yeah yeah and also with that it's the, some of the um ratings are based on foods as they're consumed not as the product is right so milo there's a bit of controversy with milo because milo had a, a four and a half star health rating yep but that was on the premise that it was made with skim milk and i think it was like three two or three teaspoons of milo yeah and three teaspoons but like, no one eats it like that. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. it's... Who mixes Milo? Yeah, yeah. Well, Set it with a spoon. I'm more like half a glass of Milo <laughs> and a sprinkle of milk on top. Over right. the top of ice cream. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so on, on its own, the powder scored... Four and a half stars. Yeah, on, on its own, once they... Without the four and a half stars, just the powder, it was 1.5 stars. Yeah, so, right. 
I think they actually took that off. So we've been riding on skim milks uh, back for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's misleading. Uh, isn't that's it? a hoax. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should like I should make the note that like if you're training, like obviously a lot of the listeners are, if you're training for ultra marathons or longer runs, like some of this stuff is probably not as big a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, overall energy intake is probably not as big a concern. But yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I'm a big fan of YouTube going. So yeah, it's Man food and that yeah, stuck yeah. in my head since I was a yeah. six-year-old. Well, that's so. it. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not. I've, to... I've been meaning to join a surf club actually <laughs> since watching. The Chat episode. to the Mercer brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not to bag out any product in particular. Oh no, we, yeah. we can and will. <laughs> I think. Um, how, how swayed by these health star ratings do you think consumers actually are? Do you reckon they're looking at the four stars on a packet of Nutrigrain and think this is going to be good for me? Or oh, so there was actually there was a. A meta-analysis, right, so that looked at the combined effects of like a few different studies. And that found that claims could increase purchasing by 75%. Really? And that, there was little difference if the claim was a content claim or a health claim. Yeah. So like Just re- really similar, yeah. Um, but there's a caveat with that, that like real-life studies had a bit of a smaller effect than 75%. So there's more research probably needed there. But anyway, it shows consumers... Um, are impacted by claims they don't really know the difference between a content or a health claim Mm -hmm. or at least they're influenced by them in the same kind of way so um, as I said before it's kind of like the health halo effect they the products kind of appear to be healthier but seems that way yeah 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 yeah. we are a bunch of sheep aren't we (laughs) we're so easily manipulated (laughs) yeah so that that's actually what our second study was going to be about like more of a focus group discussion yeah uh, and to kind of find out what drives the level of influence of content claims because some other researchers looked at consumer perceptions of claims and it's kind of found that like some people find them useful others find them misleading others kind of confused when the health star rating doesn't match the claim so perceptions are mixed mm-hmm. and that's kind of what we wanted to explore a bit in the second study what, what do you tend to look for when you're in the shopping aisle? I start with goodness. Yeah. Like any goodness claims and then work backwards from there. A sucker yeah. for goodness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It always struck me as a sucker for goodness. Yeah. Like the bigger the writing, that, that really draws me yeah. in. Just <laughs> sucked in. I just look for protein. I'm just mad for a yeah. whole bunch of protein in a product. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's all about the gains. Yeah. What about uh, in terms of label reading? There's like 50 million different energy gels out there in the market these days. So apart from encouraging our listeners to buy Goo's amazing products, is there anything runners should look out for in terms of differences between gels? Oh, look, I think like it probably comes down to your personal preference and what you've um, you know experimented with before. There was an actual and interesting um, study that looked at, it compared Morton, so the, like a hydrogel type gel, to um, like your standard type gels. And so the hydrogels have got, it's pectin and sodium alginate added. Uh, and that's supposed to make the gel form a bit of a, like a bolus in your stomach and be absorbed more rapidly. But again, that study didn't really find much difference between that and the standard gel. So, I mean. Yeah. In terms of performance, you mean? Or? Yeah, so it was looking at um, like gut, I was looking at like gut absorption. Absor- yeah, gut absorption. I think gut discomfort. I looked at a few different things. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Don't need to pay your $5 for a Morton gel. Mm, jump extra. on the discount code and grab some goose. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good opportunity yeah. to remind the listeners that at the end of the show notes, 
there's a whole heap of discount codes to take advantage from yeah, the sponsors. Yeah, that's true. What are, what are you rocking for Coastal Classic tomorrow, Wolf? Yeah. Yep, I've got my, my goos. Mm-hmm. And, um, mate, I take I have a goo pitch with, which people find strange, but every five kilometres. Every five k. Yeah, it's a lot to get down. Yeah, I'll probably simmer every half hour yep. for me. Yep, yep. So it's probably going to be about the same. Yeah. Start with a couple of regular goos and then get into the rocktanes for the last Ah, oh, ramp it up. Ramp it right yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. Get me home on the sandy track. Yeah. I'll take yeah. anything tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> whatever it takes. Hopefully, Danny Tools there with a glass of um flat Coke at the end. Flat Coke. He's yeah. running. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Participant. Nice. How, how many health stars is a cup of flat Coke? I don't know. But there actually there was some controversy around the um diet Coke diet soft drinks were getting a better rating than some juices because of the added sugar. Yeah, right. Uh, I can't remember the outcome of that, but I remember reading about it. So. Yeah, there's a lot of goodness in flat coke when you when you're tired and fatigued. Oh, there is, there is. <laughs> uh, I'll be I'll be partaking tomorrow. That's for sure, mate. As as uh, the most socially conscious and progressive cousin of all the cousins, Benny, how important do you think it is that consumers understand where their food comes from and how it's produced? Do you think we'll see labelling in terms of food's carbon footprint in the future? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's something that's. Massive at the moment, um, obviously. There already is a bit on the product with like made in Australia, which gives you a bit of an idea. Like it'll say in however, whatever percent Australian made. Yeah. That's not a bad guide to start with because yeah. you know it hasn't, I mean, it could have come from the other side of the country, but it doesn't obviously travel as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think over the next few years, that's just going to be more and more in front of people's minds yeah that yeah, yeah that'll sway people's decisions for sure yeah I definitely yeah. yeah what what about um you, you've been toying with the vegetarianism for a long time mate are you are uh, where, where are you at with that oh you back in the top of the food chain <laughs> yeah look i should i be talking about my <laughs> diet on it oh mate yeah of course yeah look i did i tried it for a while um i think it was eight months or so i felt fine didn't feel flat anything like that i think if you if you do it properly it's sweet. It's completely fine. Like mm. it's, it's not recommended against if it's done properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think in terms of like the meat consumption, maybe some people eat a lot more than what the guidelines are. Mm, judge. Uh, judge that. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to name anyone. Judge. <laughs> Big meat guy. Yeah. There's been a, obviously a lot of looking uh, research on the you know Mediterranean mm. style diet, which is probably a little less kind of red meat, more fish. Yeah. Um, there's also the eat lancet diet, which that's pre- that's almost vegetarian. That's Just suggesting we eat a whole bunch of bugs, isn't it? <laughs> no, not that one. But I think that's <laughs> that's been suggested. Yeah. I've, I've eaten I've eaten bugs at carriage works at uh, markets once. They yeah. weren't too bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what about you? If you, you you dabbled for a little while, uh, are we talking about bugs or vegetarianism? <laughs> well, I know you're a mad keen bug guy, yeah. but. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you were drinking the water on Coast Track. Would you transition from gels to bugs mid-run or not? Nah? If, if they were available. <laughs> like, if they had if they had a stop there, like you just saw a station saw with a bugs, cricket, would you grab you it? Go for it, yeah. yeah. Just make the experience more. Well, it depends on its protein content, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's Goodness. false claims. <laughs> yeah. I'd look underneath, Good. just try and find some, <laughs> some feedback. Uh, I've been trying the, uh, the meat substitute stuff, yeah. v- V2 mints and V2 burgers. Yeah. I cannot recommend it enough. No. Nah. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, kids don't even know. Yeah. And if they're listening, it's still meat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like it looks like on the picture. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
Unreal. It's good, isn't it? Let me get him on the show. V2 guy. Yeah. Anyway. Make a note of that. Mm. Um, all right. What were we talking about? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, any final tips for, uh, you know, reading labels at the end? You know, like, I like a good takeaway. Like, if you're looking at content of chips or ice cream or something should you is there a guideline try not to get something that's this high that it has this much fat or this much sugar have you got a, a simple takeaway yeah i mean that comes down to like what what kind of diet you're following in that but yeah there's some really good resources um i think from the nutrition australia and the baker institute yeah have got really good visuals on how to read a food label i think it has targets for sugar fiber all that kind of stuff um so they're really good if you wanted to download them and have a read um it's good to like get some of the differentiation down between like you know added sugar versus natural sugar you know for example lactose in yogurts a natural sugar um but then added sugar is obviously something added by the manufacturer so um yeah if you wanted to look at it further yeah. maybe have a look at downloading those resources yeah. yeah yeah that's good and just buy less takeaway wolf that's the takeaway. That's the takeaway? Yeah. Look for And look for labels with goodness. Yeah. That's what I got out of that. Goodness, natural. Um, yeah. <laughs> Light. Light to you. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> Bugs are good. So we should, we should move on to the next topic, which is beer. And, you know, that, that gets everyone excited. Um, so post-run beers, can we talk about that? Because um, only because we're going to be having some tomorrow. Um, you've you've looked at some studies, I like think three three different types of studies. And what what's do you want to give us some feedback? Like, what was the first study in the in the feedback of, you know, how was the study laid out? Were the were the people having the the drinks after being dehydrated? Could yeah, you... yes, there was a couple. So, like, what I guess what you first of all hear is you hear alcohol alcohol inhibits vasopressin. Um, and that's going to act as a diuretic. But I think there's a bit more to it, like your overall fluid intake plays a role, um, and a whole, a whole bunch of other factors. So the first study compared the effect of consuming beer versus non-alcoholic beer on the amount of volume produced. And it looked at it um, in a state of dehydration and then a state of hydration. Mm-hmm. So the volume of urine produced when the body was dehydrated was no different. Um, but when the body was hydrated, the volume of urine was different, but it was only it was only like 160 mils of volume over four hours. And that was after consuming a liter of beer. So three beers. Yeah, so the le- so that the, the, that kind of shows that the level that you're hydrated with to start with plays a role. Yeah. So obviously the body is compensating. Your, your hormone balance is gonna change at that point. You're gonna hold on to that fluid, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So the yeah, exactly. You yeah. you body's kind of compromising there um the second study kind of this was a really cool one so it formed a they called it a beverage hydration index so they compared a bunch of different drinks one of which was lager um it was actually a carling so they drank a liter of that which is 3.2 standard drinks um at four percent alcohol but they also noted it's 94 percent water mm. so they compared Carling to there's like 13 other drinks. There's cola, diet cola, iced tea, coffee, orange juice, a sports drink, and normal water. And they looked at um, urine output. And with those drinks, they didn't 
see an increased urine output with the lager compared to those other drinks over four hours. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the third study, it looked at 45 minutes of exercise at 60% output. So that's basically Norg (laughs) there. Um, And they consumed, they compared a 0% alcohol, a 2% alcohol, a 5% alcohol, a sports drink and water. And they consumed the same volume of fluid they lost. Um, And there was no real difference in fluid balance comparing those beverages. Only there was a short-lived one after an hour um, between the full strength beer and the sports drink. But at five hours, there was no real difference. So um, an interesting point with that one too was none of the beverages actually achieved full rehydration. Mm -hmm. So because they were consuming the same volume they lost, it didn't ever achieve it. So I think the guidelines generally for rehydration are 100. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So one and a half times what you've lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in how long a period of time? Um, I don't know. Not I'm sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. Over that few yeah. hours. Yeah. So these are all, they're called kind of looking at like a litre, which is like three beers or, yeah. you know what I mean? So, which, which I'm concerned about because typically, and, and most of our listeners will know this, you tend not to break the seal until just after you've had three beers. Mm. Uh, so maybe okay. more it requires research. more research. Yeah, four beers. Yeah, I think yeah. that's probably the tipping point. <laughs> yeah. So like the toxic effect of the alcohol when you have a lot of alcohol, probably the main driver behind feeling so shit. Yeah. Um, I guess, the, I don't know if I can give advice. The advice is probably that after running, one or two beers is probably totally fine as long as you are getting enough protein and carbs and water in and it's not affecting your sleep. Mm. I mean, if you're, if you're a professional athlete, it's probably a bit of a different story, but if you're running recreationally and you want to have a beer or two after a run, I wouldn't, I don't think you're going to start going backwards performance-wise. <laughs> no, I think the, uh, the group effect of having a you know, bunch of friends might outweigh any other effects as sub-amateur athletes. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think the easy tiger at 3.2% is probably right in the sweet spot there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Cronulla yeah. Beerco. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got the message. Half a dozen of those <laughs> after a long run is ideal. Yeah, like I probably wouldn't go and have 10, but you six, know what I mean? Six, six, six is okay. <laughs> yeah, I'd, sound advice would be follow the guidelines. So that's it's no more than four a day or 10 a week, basically. Yeah. I haven't had any all week. No, that's right. So you got so ten. You got ten. ten. Yeah. <laughs> you can pro <probably> right <laughs> yeah. I like that. So what's the what what is it in beer that that makes us feel like shit the next day? What I, is it, what's I, the effect? You know, like that dehyd. The, the, it's a dehydrated. Well, you're, probably you're making headache. It probably is a bit if you're not drinking anything else and you're consuming a lot of alcohol. Like those studies are comparing like a pretty small amount of alcohol yeah. with a high, like beer's pretty high water content. But if you mm-hmm. Obviously, if you, with the ratios way out and having heaps of alcohol, no water, I mean, yeah, I don't know the specifics of, I mean, your liver's obviously working over time to process it. I think there's byproducts that have effects that make you feel shit. Probably, yeah, yeah. Bit of reduction in vitamin B, I think it, yeah, deprives you of a bit of that. Yeah. There's a bit of brain swelling that goes on, which gives you the headache. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a whole host of things. Yeah. So... I guess you can mitigate most of those circumstances with a cocktail of drugs and Vegemite the next day. <laughs> so, mm. Barocca. <laughs> well, bro- exactly. Mm. Barocca and some Nurofen. Mm. Yeah. 
usually works well. It works a treat. But yeah, there are different, definitely reasons why you feel like crap. You, your kidneys are still working hard to push the poison out of your system. So yeah, yeah. The alcohol is a poison, in, like the actual eth- ethanol, ethanol aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Well, that's it. In the day, it's, yeah, it's a poison. Yeah. So <laughs> just in very small amounts of poison to achieve a certain effect. It <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel amazing. So, can we talk about the content claims of beer? and all alcohol. Mm. So I remember doing, looking at this um, when I was doing marketing back in back in the uni days. And so alcohol aren't allowed to make content claims either, like I guess similar to certain foods. Um, so one of those claims are they can't claim to improve your sexual success. So that's one of the claims. So in advertising, mm-hmm. like we know, we know of course it does. <laughs> but in advertising, Fact. yeah. In fact, like, no one met sober. Seriously. But you can't advertise the fact that it will help you meet other partners. That's rubbish. At one point in time, was that a claim? Surely, back in the 60s or something, that was on. Do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. No, no doubt. Sure, I've seen a Rush's poster in a pub somewhere that says that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Drink if, this and you will meet women. Yep. Um, one of the other claims is you can't say that it makes you more attractive. So some people might think that when they're drinking that they are more attractive, but that can't be a claim. Well, unless the other person's drinking, then I agree with that. You can't make that claim. That's right. Giving the beer to the other person will make you more attractive. That's right. So yeah. it really depends on who yeah. you're drinking with. That's right. That's, yeah. that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. Anyway, you're apparently not allowed to advertise that. And dancing prowess. I just made that up. <laughs> How many how many beers would it take you to get on the dance floor? Two. Yeah. You, you bring in the portal speakers to the Coastal Classic tomorrow? Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll test it out. That's right. <laughs> uh, that's very good. Well, in, in terms of claims and beer, what do you guys think about this new uh, push towards sports-related beer stuff? Like, there's a couple of products out there that are putting electrolytes in beer and pretending that it's a specific recovery, zero alcohol sports drink. Mm. Is this a bunch of shit or, you know? Yeah, I don't fully know. I guess, I mean, if it's like a, are they zero alcohol beers or Zero alcohol beer, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it might do so. Like electrolytes are probably going to make, you're going to make your whole more fluid. Yeah. Because of that, like osmotic drive. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know fully, but... This it's plausible, mm-hmm. I guess. They're just trying to increase their market share. Oh, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, if, but if you were to take, let's say, a uh, electrolyte tablet and then just drink an actual good tasting beer, then that would work just as well, I imagine. Mm. Yeah. So I encourage all listeners to do that <laughs> <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Set up our own aid station. Good, good yeah. electrolyte tablets, are they? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, get one of them into you, and then Corolla beer coat straight after. Yeah. Wash it down. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I've got a couple of listener questions, actually. Should we get to those? Absolutely. Forgot about them. One is from the Hopeful Ectomorph. It's a strange name, but here we go. Is it true that the Garvin Institute used your rig as a teaching tool to demonstrate the ideal mesomorph body type? <laughs> they might have. <laughs> I've seen no, it. they didn't. I've seen it. <laughs> If anyone wants to look up Mesomorph, there's a picture of Benny Thompson next to it. Mm. Google it. 
This is coming from Chris Sharma. Do you think it's possible to adequately prepare for a 100km ultramarathon purely within the walls of an indoor rock climbing gym? I tried that two years ago and I didn't start the race, so I don't... Someone <laughs> might, might be able to do it, but I certainly couldn't. <laughs> if anyone could, Chris Sharma could. He could. He could. He yeah, could do it. <laughs> so it wasn't successful though, so yeah. study of one. And of no one, good. no. Yeah. No good. Okay, good. This is coming from the florist. Are you looking forward to soon being the fastest cousin in your family? Ooh, yes. Is that in reference to rock climbing or running? No, running, I think. All right. I think the florist is on the way out. Really? To be honest, yeah. he took, I, we did, so you would both be, I'm mad you weren't there. So Norg last night, extras with the florist, too quick for me, and I I popped during Norg, so. Yeah. Not not anytime soon, I don't think I'm going to be quick. No, no, okay. All right. No, look, I might have thought so until last night, but I'll, I'll change my, my <laughs> bed after that. And question number four from the judge. So apart from the obvious emotional reasons and maintenance of my masculinity, is there any nutritional value in my current strategy of tucking into a lamb cutlet at the aid stations of an ultra marathon? Mm, I don't think so. Oh, I don't know. You're probably look, wanting to get in some more simple sugars and a bit Cuts. of fatty lamb, but yeah. <laughs> so if you were to dip it in like a whole host of barbecue <laughs> sauce, maybe that might be better. That would do it. What, were we, what was it last night? Subs. Yeah, sub, sub smoky barbecue sauce. You could try that. That might. <laughs> well, that's a ton of sugar in barbecue sauce, isn't it? Yeah. I actually yeah. looked at the, the health star ratings of tomato versus barbecue sauce, and then tomato gets heaps more health stars than barbecue sauce. Yeah, right. Because there's a ton of sugar in it. Well, more, anyway. There you so. go. Barbecue sauce, mid-run. Yeah. Both, both goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> lamb cutlet dipped in barbecue sauce at the aid station. Mm. Natural and good. Yeah, mm. well, it is natural. Very yeah, much yeah so. it is. <laughs> very much so. I think you just like holding onto a bone. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That that, that that fills your cheek up, up yeah. if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, carry on, judge. Yeah, that's the answer. Nice. Right. If it's working, don't change it. Absolutely. <laughs> so Benny, where where to now? When you finished up your studies, where where do you see yourself working? Where do you want to work? Yeah, I don't fully know. Next year is it's all the placements. So I guess I'll get a bit more of an idea where I want to go after that. But at this point in time, I'd like to start in a hospital setting and just get some good experience with, I guess, maybe some more kind of complex stuff and then eventually maybe build my own thing up slowly and go from there. Yeah, maybe get into the sports side of things as well. I want to go out on my own. So Unreal. Yeah. That'd be handy. They need some advice, the sports people. We do. There's too many bizarre claims out there. Yeah. You've got to set them straight. Yeah. That's it. And if you want to do some studies on dehydrated people, I'm happy to volunteer. We'll do the four beer study. We'll start there. Yeah. Well, I think that's important. I think they missed a trick at three beers. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. we'll test it out tomorrow. Let's bring the scales. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the speakers. Yes. Very important. Dancing prowess. Yes. And the dance floor. And Thank I'll tell you if you look more attractive or not. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we'll better get you more beers for sure. Flirting with me already. It's a good start. <laughs> Alright, Benny, thanks for giving up your time. Thanks, guys. Good awesome. chat. And we'll catch up for a beverage or three soon. Thank you. Thank you, guys. <laughs>